1: Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Here we are again, and it's just hot. Hot outside. Hope that you are staying cool doing the things that you need to do. Do you just do you go crazy when it gets hot? I mean, do you kind of lose your mind somehow when it gets it's people do that there are studies actually say that that say when it gets hot people begin to lose their mind and here we are day 8 of uh this heat wave it's not like arizona hot right uh, it was for a couple of days though in fact uh when it was over well over 100 the other day i posted something on my uh social media and somebody got back to me from phoenix saying hey it's only 104 here and uh so i don't know it's going a little bit crazy do you go do you go crazy do the, does the heat make you do strange things uh, You can give me a call today and join the conversation. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. I uh, was in Costco, and I started to mention this yesterday, and this is where I think the heat starts to drive people crazy. Like you have to go out, you have to get into the stores. I was there on, on Sunday, and I knew it was going to be hot. I knew there was they weren't going to be here on Monday. Uh, They were closed on Monday, I think. So I go in there. And you know the person who's there, if you go to that store regularly, uh, there's a guy in there trying to sell you solar, okay? And maybe you try to scoot by that guy, you know, or there's people in there. You know, I would buy the solar if there was a sample lady doing it. Like if uh, I was in a conversation and, uh, you know, and they were feeding me bacon while I'm listening to the sales pitch, I would probably buy whatever it is if I got enough bacon in me. Uh, Those those uh, sample ladies, you know, they know what they're doing. Uh, It's amazing what kind of stuff I come home with sometimes, you know, three or four different vats of hummus and uh, different chip dips. And my wife's like, that wasn't on the list. And I'm well, the, the sample lady told me that she thought I was Brad Pitt, which really happened one time. She really thought that you ever have that experience. Maybe the heat was getting to her. I don't know, but I didn't deny it. Anyway, so there was at the Costco, and uh, people were going kind of crazy, and this guy was arguing with the solar guy, and he was talking about how he went to his broker, and the broker told him to do it this way and do it not this way, and, I mean, he was getting animated about it, and I was watching this because I thought, this guy's going to punch the solar guy in the face, and I thought, this is just the heat, right? The heat really gets to us sometimes. And there was another guy who was frantic and this is a, a very tall guy, tall lanky guy, who was frantic because he couldn't find the beans and he was very loud about it. Where are the beans? he kept saying. I need to find he was with his wife. And, you know, she's just pushing the cart along. And he's like, I've got to find the beans. And he finally grabs a Costco employee, just about picks her up off the floor and says, I need the beans. All a man really needs is beans. That's what he said. <laughs> All a man really needs is beans. He was dead serious about this. I don't know. Maybe he's got, uh, you know, pork and beans recipe for Labor Day or something. And there was something about his his goal His goal was to find beans. That was his goal. And, you know, Costco, you can buy a big sack of beans. you have beans forever if you wanted to. But uh, anyway, does the heat make you do crazy? Does it bring out your true self? Uh, Do you have goals? Let me ask you this. Do you have goals in your life that are um, really worth pursuing but might be actually very difficult? Do you have certain goals that uh, you have? Um, I've been thinking about this because there's a controversy, but an interesting goal that's been put forward here in California. And it matters while we're having this heat, right? And we're having the, the, uh, the heat wave and the flex alerts. So at four o'clock, you're supposed to turn off your air conditioner or raise it to 78 or something. Don't use energy. This is governor Newsom giving out, uh, some instruction. Uh, this is from yesterday afternoon and it applies for today.
0: And we encourage you to close your windows and blinds to keep your home cool as well. And today and tomorrow afternoon after 4 p.m., in particular 4 p.m., please turn your thermostat up to 78 degrees or higher and avoid, to the extent possible, using any really large appliances.
2: All right, that's the goal. You've probably heard that before. And I guess yesterday people did a pretty good job at uh, at doing that. I think it's funny that he says really large appliances. Not just large appliances. Don't use any really large appliances. Does that mean, you know, you've got... <laughs> What is the refrigerator a really large re- appliance, but the dishwasher is only a large appliance? Uh, I don't know what that means. Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny, uh, and it, it doesn't really matter. But good for you if you uh, if that's true. I think it is that Californians turn stuff down. That's great because we don't want the blackouts or the brownouts or the rotating things that we've had before. I think it's coming though, and the goal that has been put out by the governor and. By a commission here, the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, that's getting a lot of attention, is the goal to that in California we will not be able to buy a gas-powered vehicle, a new one, after 2035, twelve and a half years. And so the question is: Is that crazy? Is that just the heat bringing out the crazy in us? That we are we going to really be able to have only electric cars by 2035? The energy problem, by the way, is a global problem. In Europe, they're having the the same kind of problem, um, partly because of the heat, but a big part of it is that they were building a energy grid based on Russian Russian gas, Russian energy, and uh, they they discovered that Russia is the bad guy. And I don't sure I'm not really sure why they didn't know that before, uh, but money uh, does a lot for you, doesn't it? And uh, so now they're trying to deal with it. And uh, here's the heat bringing out uh, something crazy. I just thought this was funny. And I understand what she's saying, but she should not have said this. This is Ursula Ursula von der Leyen. I think it's how you say her name. Ursula von der Leyen, von der Leyen, something like that. She's the president of the European Commission, uh, which deals with European energy. And this is what she had to say. This This is the solution. This is what we need to do right now, if you're in Europe, during this heat wave. See if it sounds familiar to you.
1: And this is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours. And we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this.
2: Flatten the curve. I'm thinking that is a phrase that needs to be retired. You know, I'm that around the country, flatten the curve, two weeks to flatten the curve. That's all t- actually what she said. We're going to take two weeks to flatten the curve. and uh does she not that's maybe the heat's getting to her she didn't realize that that didn't work too well the last time we took two weeks to flatten the curve i'm sure even what she's saying there's some point to it and maybe everybody needs to hey we're gonna just burn up for a couple of weeks here but i don't know i just thought that was funny see the heat it heat gets to people back to back to goals okay so the goal you're listening to southern california live i'm scott furrow My goal is to let you know who I am. I'm Scott Furrow, and uh, the number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. This goal of not having gas-powered cars is a big goal, and some people in the news are comparing it to John F. Kennedy's goal of putting a man on the moon by the end of the decade, that whenever he said that in 1961, it was so far out of reach, it seemed like it was impossible to get to. Um, The Boston Globe, this has made national news, this move, uh, in part because an odd thing that some states do is there are some states that are going to follow automatically, by law, follow California's lead in this. Virginia is one of those states. It's become an issue in their governor's race out there as to whether or not they're going to uh, stop selling gas-powered cars by 2035 because they're required to do that because of a decision made in California. That seems like it's an odd thing to do. I don't want to do things because some other state's doing it necessarily. But uh, anyway, that is uh, what they're doing. The Boston Globe um, reported this. They said the Alliance for Automotive uh, Innovation, a trade group representing the world's biggest car makers, didn't express outright opposition to California's move in a statement issued. But the group's president, John Bozella, called the 2035 timeline very aggressive. Even in California, with decades of supportive EV policies, and added that meeting it will be extremely challenging. So he doesn't say you can't do it, but he's he's saying it's going to be hard. Can I ask you a question? And I'll make this this point here: Do you have big goals in in your life, like some big goal, something that you really want to a college, uh, accomplish? An old book, great book if you want to read it by Jim Collins. Uh, named Built to Last, introduced an idea that you've probably heard outside of that book. It's called a hag, um, Big Hairy Audacious Goal. Big Hairy Audacious Goal. Now, lots of churches adopted that, and they weren't sure if they should say hairy, so they said holy, big, holy, audacious goal. I've been to churches where they say, do you have a big, ha- holy, audacious goal? Okay. It comes from a book, Big Hairy Audacious Goal. It just means like a big, ugly goal, something that, it's a great goal, but something that just seems like you can't quite get there. Like that would be just really outside of the realm of possibility. Do you have this kind of goal? The point of the book is that if you do have that kind of goal, if it really is a doable goal, it has to be something that is accomplishing. You know, you can't say uh, I'm going to go land on Neptune by the end of the decade. That's not really possible, not really the goal. You you might say Mars, you know, maybe in 10 years uh, we're going to land somebody on Mars, probably a one-way ticket but uh, who knows? Do you have something? You're probably not going to Mars. Do you have something in your life that is a big, hairy, audacious goal? It's not a bad idea. In fact, it's a very good idea because what it does is it helps you move in a direction that you believe you are called to go in. It has to be something that you're really called to do. It has to be something that you are gifted enough to do it. You know what I'm saying it that if you have a goal in life, maybe it's a dream that you've had, maybe it's something that you've really wanted to do, something that is god given something that you feel like you were designed to do. Have you really tried to do it? Have you given up on it? uh, don't give up on it. you know take steps toward it, even if you feel like you're just too old, you ever see you know I know some of you are in this this place where you've gone back to college, you know, in your, your 60s. In fact, we had a caller on earlier this week who said, uh, she said she went back to college, got her degree at 61. We were talking about student loans and having those things forgiven. And, and that was part of her story is that she went back later in life and got her degree at a time when most people are planning to retire. Good for her. I think that's fantastic. And is she going to have some huge career? I don't know. 61, you used to be, you know, getting ready to not live very long, but now you might live 30 or 40 years. I mean, she could run for president 20 years from now, the way things are going. Do you have something that you think God has called you to do, but you haven't quite gotten there? Let me let me share something with you. Getting back to the, the Kennedy story, the reason the Kennedy and the moon story is so interesting is because when he called this country to put a man on the moon and return that person safely, which was an important part of the goal, um... People said the same thing. They said, how in the world are we going to do this? But he felt like it was very important that it would make a statement about the United States, that it would move us in the right direction in the arms race, which was becoming a space race with Russia. Imagine how different the world would be today if Russia beat us to the moon. And what if they claimed it for themselves? That's why we're going back to the moon, by the way, right now, because China's on their way there. And the politics of it is that we're afraid that China is going to go there, and instead of saying uh, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, they're going to say one giant leap for uh, the uh, Chinese Communist Party, and by the way, we own it now, and that would be bad. Uh, so that's part of what is going on politically, a different space race, one of the reasons we're going back to the moon. Kennedy had a lot of reasons, but listen to what he said. This is what he said in a little bit longer clip than maybe you usually hear. Uh, It's only about a minute, but this is what he said to Congress when he laid out this goal. He, He acknowledged that there have been problems in the way we have gone toward good goals, but he also says there are steps to take, and we can take those steps together. Here's what he says.
3: I believe we possess all the resources and talents necessary, but the facts of the matter are that we have never made the national decisions or marshaled the national resources required for such leadership. We have never specified long-range goals on an urgent time schedule or managed our resources and our time so as to ensure their fulfillment. I therefore ask the Congress, above and beyond the increases I have earlier requested for space activities, to provide the funds which are needed to meet the following national goals. First, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out, of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. And none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish.
2: He was very straightforward about that, what I think is interesting. It's one of those speeches to Congress, you know, where everybody claps every uh, 10 seconds. When he says, goal number one, we're going to send a man to the moon by the end of the decade and bring him home safely, nobody claps. At that moment, normally somebody would say, woo, even if they didn't believe in it, you know, that's what people do. They didn't. They heard that goal and they realized how heavy that was, what an incredible statement that was. Not only is it we're going to put a man on the moon, but we're going to do it in this time frame, end of the decade, by the end of 1969, which we did, by the way. That is the incredible thing. That's one of the reasons that uh, Jim Collins in his book goes back to this. It's, it's something that if you put a date on it, uh, a goal, sometimes you got to move that date, but, but if you really do, if it's realistic, it will help you plot out how to get there. In your life, do you have a goal, something that you would like to accomplish, something that you think is God-given, something that isn't just about you? Okay, something that is not something just so you have something impressive in your obituary, which nobody's going to print anymore because it costs a million dollars to put your obituary in the paper. Something that is for a greater purpose than just yourself. See you you have that by the way by from the Lord, you have gifts that are for the church, for You know, maybe it's not going to make the news and maybe it's not going to be in your obituary or on your gravestone or in what anybody, uh, other than people who know you closely at your funeral, they may not say, but what is it that God wants you to do? Do you realize that you can do that? If If it really is from the Lord, then he's going to provide an open door, but he is going to ask you to take steps. The frustrating thing sometimes about God, but the right thing about God is that he doesn't just do it for you. He doesn't just open the door and shove you through. He will open the door, expect you to walk through it on your own. And then when you get through the other side of that door, there's another door that he will open in his time. And, and he expects you to walk through that. You take steps. And that's what you do. That's one of the reasons in this debate about the electric cars. And I know there's, there's you know, other environmental concerns about electric cars and the batteries and the mining of the, the elements that go into those batteries. And what do you do when the batteries need to be, you know, um, put into the ground, you know, a different kind of – there's all kinds of different environmental problems. But let's just say for the sake of this argument that moving to electric cars is a good thing. It should clean up the air uh, most likely. I think that would be good. Um, One of the problems is that we don't have – we're not taking the steps. See, what Kennedy did and what the United States did was we took steps. We – said, okay, we have to get to the moon, so what's the first step? Well, we need a rocket that can actually get off the surface without blowing up. And so they, they sketched out an entire plan that had to include working rockets, had to include all the math and everything that goes with it, that had to sustain human life inside for long enough to get to the moon and back. They ultimately had to train astronauts, build the rocket, build the capsule, build the lunar module, and do all of those steps and test them all out. So that's why you have the... Uh, the Mercury and the Apollo um, space missions. The problem with the current path we're on, and hopefully this will change, but this is the problem. The problem is that we're building the lunar module, the electric car, but we're not building all the other things that we need to get there. How are we going to have the electricity to charge all of these cars, people are saying, and I think that they're right, when we're not building a grid, when we're arguing about whether or not to keep a nuclear plant open, When according to Energy Secretary of the United States, Jennifer Granholm, she said this. We have to double the size of the nation's electric grid. We have to double the size, I'm assuming, of our grid here in California. Maybe not a double. There's probably somebody who's got some numbers. But it is the first step. If we were doing this right, and hopefully we'll get there if this really is a good goal, that we would increase the grid, that we would improve the grid, that we would do it in a a really good way. See, there's always steps to take. You can't just have this dream out there of your big, hairy, audacious goal, but not take the steps in order to get there. Because then what happens is 2035 will come and we will have no steps taken to get to that goal. That is the difficulty so often with the big goals that we have is we don't have the patience to take the steps. Can I encourage you this way? Do you have big goals in your life? Do you have something that God has put on your heart to do that isn't just for you? It's something that's for everybody or everybody in your relational world or something that you think is going to benefit the kingdom of God in such a way. Do you have a big, hairy, audacious goal, something that you would even do in your workplace to the glory of God? If you do, then do this take, plan the steps toward it. You should set a goal. You should say, I'm going to do this by 2030. I'm going to do this depending on what it is, okay, by a certain date. Some people it's, hey, by the time I'm 30 years old, I'm going to run in a marathon. Well, when do I turn 30? Well, I'm 30 in uh, 2027. So what you need to do is make sure that you start training so that you're ready. Don't just get out there and try to run a goal in 2027. You won't make it. Or run a marathon. I want to encourage you If God has put something in your heart, he's gonna open up doors for you to get there. If God has put something in your heart, you are going to be able to do it if you take those steps, if you trust him, if you trust him with the path that he's given you, if your motivation is him, not just yourself. You can do amazing things. You really can. That's why God has, why we see people do incredible things in the church where they have just reached tons of people, where they have been able to do incredible things because they trusted God and they did it. Would you pray about that? Just take some time and say, what God, what are you calling me to do? And then set yourself a goal by a certain date and then figure out what steps do I need to make first? I need to build a rocket. I need to get the money together. I need to raise the funds. I need to get the right people to help me. I need to get myself right, you know, healthy in a spiritual way, in a physical way. In an emotional way, there's a lot of steps. We can do it. We can do that with God's help. And imagine what you can accomplish for the kingdom of God. Imagine what, you know, whatever it is that God has put on your heart that just breaks your heart. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's something in public schools. Maybe it's homeless people. Maybe it is people who need financial help. Maybe it's people who need job training. You have something on your heart that when you watch the news and there's an issue that comes up that really really frustrates you and maybe doesn't frustrate other people that you know, but it really frustrates you. That's the thing. That's the thing that God wants to do in your life. Figure out a goal to reach that thing that, that will help in the area that breaks your heart. And I believe God will walk with you. Through that whole plan and he'll open up the doors at the right time for you if you take your steps i got to take a break when we come back we're going to share some news um with you about uh, a family matter here in radio and uh so i want you to stay with us for that moment you're listening to southern california live i'm scott Ferrow your host i will be back on Southern California Live as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues.
1: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the
2: SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. It is great to be with you today on this afternoon as it is every weekday afternoon from 3 to 5. And live, and you know a great part of Christian radio, a really great thing about KKLA, KPRZ, whatever Christian radio station you might be listening to right now, is that we get to come together as a, a family of believers we get to come together as groups of people. Some of you are not believers, but you are curious and you are seeking things spiritually. Some of you are, are listening because it's different than the other things that are on the air. There's a lot of reasons why you might be listening. You might be listening because the guy in the cubicle next to you has his radio on too loud. I understand that. And I think that that the Lord is doing something in your life one way or the other. And a great thing that for, for us believers is that radio, Christian radio, it's not a church. You know, this isn't a church in the sense of there's an address in a building and you become a member and those kinds of things. What it is, though, is a reflection and opportunity for us to realize that there really is just one church, Jesus's church. And so once in a while, we have an opportunity just to to, uh, think about the things that are going on in the family and even in the radio family. And there's a program that is on KKLA, this station in Los Angeles, 99.5 FM, Um, and uh, it is uh, on Sunday nights from 10 to 12, which I think is a a great time to be on. So many people with different uh, questions uh, and different things that uh, come to the table at that period of time. With me is Craig Hawkins, Professor Craig Hawkins. He is uh, the host one of the hosts of living by the word he 's one of the people who are known as the bible information brokers, and we have him on today um because one of the people who 's been a part of that show for a long time, Brian Allen, who is known to everybody here in the station and if you if you were in this studio, you would see. I'm in a room surrounded by other rooms where different people are working to produce the show. Somebody's answering the phones, and somebody is producing the music and the show and keeping the station on the air and doing all those kinds of things. And if you come in here and you do a show, you get to know people, and it becomes a family matter. Well, Brian Allen uh, passed away on Saturday Um, which was a surprise to everybody, and uh, we wanted to let the KKLA listeners know, or anybody, if you're on KPRZ or other places who listen online, uh, to know this, that Brian went to be with Jesus, the Lord called him home. Professor, welcome to Southern California Live!
1: Well, Scott, thank you. It's a privilege to join you this afternoon, particularly like what you were just talking about, about taking steps to see the great things accomplished in our lives. I thought that's really apropos to Brian and what he was all about.
2: Yeah, tell us about uh, uh, Brian. And uh, for many, uh, I think for for many of our listeners, they listen every Sunday night. For some, maybe this is new to them. Um, But tell us about Brian.
1: Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's a privilege. I've known Brian for, I say no, I'm using the present tense because I believe he's alive and with the Lord, but yes, he has physically passed on, as you rightly said, for almost 30 years. And he asked me to join him and some other guys on the program that he was on for 25 years overall. So I've been on a little over uh, 20, about 24 years myself. I've known Brian for, as I said, almost 30 years. And and I really can't just say enough about him. Just a great man, uh, gentle yet firm. You know, you, again, you talk about Kennedy and the goal to get to the moon and how impossible that seemed at first. But I think of Brian, what he accomplished in his life, through education and experience, he trained himself to be, so he could be used by God, and I believe was great and powerful used by God uh, on the radio, through seminars, through other forms of teaching, what have you. He was gracious with people. He was knowledgeable. He, he was so well-liked because he was just a, a gentle giant, I would say. And I think in particular, you know, Scott, we just got back— from a trip to Nepal, and Brian, to me, was at, just in all his glory, was at his best. We were there to encourage, equip, supply with materials, uh, Christian leaders, pastors, and missionaries. Some of these missionaries going to East Nepal, where many of the people have never heard the gospel. And Brian Scott was such an encouragement to these people. Many of them were discouraged. One gentleman spent four years in jail, another one was charged and would have gone for five years because of sharing the gospel, but Brian was so gracious in sharing with them and wanting to give them funds and resources and encourage them. And I see Brian as like a modern day uh, Barnabas. He's an encourager. He really mm-hmm. encouraged people, helped them grow. And I believe he not only excelled himself in the Christian virtues, but he helped others to do the same thing. And I think that's part of his, his legacy, Scott.
2: You know, it's um, when you talk about legacy, I think that what And I never met Brian. I'm pretty new around here, and I've heard some of the show. Um, but the people here who knew him, people who are on the team here for Southern California Live, in fact, have been very moved um, to write sort of internally just things about Brian, that he was a fantastic person. One of uh, my team writes that he will be missed dearly. Um, and that he was such a genuine follower of Christ, that that was the impression that he left with the uh, board operators here. And, you know, I think that matters a lot, you know, and I think you're right. He's, he's alive, you know, he's with the Lord. He's not past tense. He's current. Um, but for us who will not join him for a while, uh, that's an important thing.
1: Yes, and Scott, he treated everybody well. didn't matter who one was, whether he just met you or a long, long, long-time friend. He treated people with dignity and respect. When I think of Brian, if I could just share one passage. There's a passage in Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 9. In the NIV, it says, Perfume and infants bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness, pleasantness the excuse me, of mm-hmm. springs from earnest counsel, another translation says, uh, brings delight. And Brian brought delight to people's lives. He had an incredible sense of humor. He was funny, witty, yet could be very serious, very compassionate had a lot of empathy, and he really modeled Christ as a Christ follower. He didn't just talk about it. You know, Scott, I'll be honest, because of what I do, I've known a lot of Christian leaders over the years, and some of them, frankly, are not what behind the scenes, what they are in front of the camera or on the mic, but Brian was a genuine soul, whether he was on the mic or not, in front of the camera or not, he was the real deal, a genuine follower of Christ, and he made people feel that they had value and worth, even when he disagreed with them, and he treated them respectfully. And I personally just don't know how we do better than that.
2: I think that is such a uh, important thing to to let everybody know. Like I said, I didn't know him, but the outpouring from people here um, says exactly that: that he's the same guy in the air as he was in person, and that is yeah. that's biblical integrity. Right. That is the the oneness of who we are supposed to be. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. And uh, my guest is Professor Craig Hawkins, who is uh, has a program here on KKLA Living by the Word, and one of his co-hosts, Brian Allen, passed away suddenly over the weekend. So we're letting our listeners know about this and just taking a moment here to remember him. Um Professor Hawkins, um in uh when you when you think about Brian or people like him, you know what? When what comes to mind? How will he be missed? Say on your program the most?
1: Uh, just his, his genuineness, his his gentleness. His uh, he affirmed people. Again, we deal with some controversial doctrinal issues and various world religions and cults and the occult. But Brian always treated people with respect. That he would disagree with them, but he did it respectfully, civilly. And again, I was just thinking of what you're talking about the race to the moon and John Kennedy and the goal. And then you were talking about others about if you want to accomplish things, you need to start preparing now and take those steps. And so, Brian, to me, modeled, emulated beautifully Christ, uh, but he also challenged and encouraged people who were not Christians to know the Lord, to find Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But he's also helped train a generation of Christians to know what we believe and why and how to winsomely share the gospel with those who do not know Christ. So I think that's really uh, at the core of how he's going to be remembered, is that he equipped people with the gospel, with sound doctrine, yet he did it with gentleness and respect, as Peter tells us to do in 1 Peter 3.15.
2: And it's so, it's so crucial, uh, because then you're persuasive in a, in a way that reflects Christ and
1: uh,
2: yeah yes ahead. you're not trying to just beat people
1: down you're not trying just to win an argument and take no you know no prisoners if you will you're pe- treating people with the dignity they deserve as made in the image of god yet lovingly showing them the truth by modeling it and by what you say to them
2: yeah well brian is definitely going to be missed i know by you and people who knew him and by his whole audience by a whole bunch of people who he never met uh he will be yeah. he will be missed um uh, Craig, tell us about uh, your program, Bible um, uh, Live. What's it called? I don't have, I have Bible Information Brokers is what I have. Tell us about that. The title that uh, you call yourselves, the people who uh, yeah. lead your ministry.
1: Yeah, Scott, thank you so much for that that privilege. Yeah, well, You know, if you need financial information, you go to a financial advisor or a broker or whomever. Uh, If you need legal advice, you're going to go to an attorney, a counselor of the law, a doctor, same thing, an MD or OTO, whatever. We deal with the cults and the occult, world religions, philosophy of religion, theology, apologetics. Is Christianity true? Um, How do we know that? How would we show that? Brian used to say, if you're reading the Bible, you're going to have questions. So we're there to try to help answer people's questions. We don't claim to have all the answers. Brian certainly never claimed that. But we have some, but we're willing to share what we have. Brian also lived by the model, and the program models this eternity is too long to be wrong. So we love people enough, our Jehovah Witness friends, Mormons, Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, to lovingly, faithfully share the gospel with them. And so we're just there to answer questions, to help answer questions, explain Christianity, share what the gospel really is, encourage Christians to do likewise, and equip them to do just that. That's really what the program's all about. That's what Brian was all about.
2: Well, I think that is a, a great calling for Brian. And, you know, the, the Lord has his plans. You know, we have our goals, right? But the Lord also has his plans. And his plan was to bring Brian home.
1: Yeah, we were shocked. You know, he just turned 65. His, his birthday was August 27th. You know, Scott, it's interesting. Brian had had never gone on an international trip like this. And he just told me he really wanted to go this time, uh, this trip to Nepal. And some things weren't quite working out, and he goes, and I said, Brian, it's okay, you can go another time. And he goes, no, Craig, I really feel the Lord wants me to go. I need to do this, because God is calling me to do this. Mm. And he went to Nepal, and he was so powerful in how he ministered to people, so gracious, so genteel yet so apropos to helping the missionaries and the Christian leaders and the pastors and others. And I believe he fulfilled, he, he went out with a bang. He went out in a blaze of glory. He went out, as the author of Hebrews says, running the race which was set before him, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith. Brian finished strong, and I think that's a model for all of us, to be faithful to our calling and to trust God as he did with the radio program, Brian did, and to go and do this mission trip, and then to be within under two weeks, he goes home to be with the Lord. And I believe Brian fulfilled, as you were basically pointing out, what God had ordained for him.
2: All right. Can you hold on through the break, and uh, we can chat about your show for just a little bit? Do you have time to do that? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. i got to take a break. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and I'm with Professor Craig Hawkins from Living by the Word right here on KKLA. We'll be back in just a moment as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues.
3: Too nervous to go live on the
1: radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I am with Professor Craig Hawkins. And Professor Craig is one of the co-hosts of Living by the Word program that plays on KKLA in Los Angeles every Sunday from 10 to 12. And uh, we have him on today uh, because one of his co-hosts, Brian Allen, if you listen to that show, if you've been a part of that show for a while, Brian Allen passed away suddenly on Saturday. And uh, here, you know, we are remembering him and the the mission and the call in his life that God gave him and the legacy that he has left. Part of the legacy is this show, uh, Professor, that you're a part of. Tell us more about your show that is on uh, Sunday night's how long have you been doing this program?
1: Almost 24 years. Mm-hmm. The program was done for 25 about 26, and Brian was on it for 25-plus, and just a vital part of it. So, Scott, again, thank you for this opportunity to remember Brian and to talk about the program. It, the, the goal of the program is two-pronged. It's to equip and, and train people, but also encourage them. Uh, We don't want to just encourage people, give them a pep talk and not train them, and then they get discouraged and they don't want to share a witness. To, to our Mormon friends, Jehovah's Witnesses, those who have difficulty with the Bible or whatever. But we don't want to just train them or equip them, but then not encourage them to actually use what they get. Mm. So we try to do both, put the two together, and we do that through the format of just Q&A. People can call and literally ask everything and anything. We simply ask that people don't cuss on the air.
2: Right. You know, watch their, The FCC their asks or, for oh, that also.
1: That? Yes. But other than that, we have atheists, you know, you name it, we have them call us up, we try to treat them respectfully, civilly, or we're talking to people who are talking to them and how to share the gospel with them. How how would you share the gospel with someone who's a Hindu, and a particular type of Hindu? What about a Pure Land Buddhist versus uh, a Tibetan Buddhist, if mm. you will? What about a Jehovah Witness? How do I deal with those Bible difficulties or alleged contradictions? Our motto is the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. We're family. You've been talking about that. We're family. We treat people like family, and we just want to deal with issues and help equip people with the information they need and to encourage them to use it. Again, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we claim to do a lot of research. We'll go do our homework if we're not up on something, and that happens, of course. And, but we do it in a Q&A. So people just call and ask us, and we interact with them and say, Now, we answered your question, and we try to be as thorough as possible. And so the beauty of the program is, if you don't like the topic, well, don't worry. In five or ten minutes, it's going to change, because right. people are going to call one minute about uh, some ethical issue like abortion or same-sex marriage or uh, transgenderism, and then the next minute they're asking about what's a Pentecostal or a charismatic or a cessationist. So, you know, we just treat all the questions as like what they are, intelligent questions that deserve an answer, and we try to give people uh, the best uh, answer we can on those issues. So the format is Q&A, but it changes constantly because people are constantly asking different questions every five, ten minutes.
2: Yeah, it is a a great format. We we take, obviously, calls most of the time in our program. Fridays, you know, it's up to anything. We can be talking about uh, those same issues one moment and talking about, you know, tax problems the next one. It's kind of funny what people will call about. But, uh, you know, what it shows is that people are really, really looking for spiritual guidance, to have those questions answered, that they are, that the Lord is working with people all the time.
1: Sure, and we'll have people who don't even normally listen to the program. They're driving home, coming back from the desert or the mountains or the beach or whatever. You've seen the freeway Sunday night. Right. A lot of those people, we, by the grace of God, get to pick up, and they call in, and or they're listening. And we've seen many people come to Christ, people come out of various other religions, and... uh, other views, and just, just hopefully be a blessing. And, and Brian was just a big part of that. Yeah. Brian People always say it's such a blessing, so gracious, knowledgeable. Again, he trained himself, he went to school, got the education, uh, but he also studied to be a gracious person. And, and that's the format we do, Q&A. So people, uh, often, many times, Scott, our phone rings off the hook, and it's late at night, but it's because you just said it. People have questions. People are inquisitive, and they do want to know. Sometimes they just want to debate with us and we're okay with that. We know sure. that. Because uh, we still believe we can model how to witness to a person who's a little bit difficult. Some people are antagonistic, but we try not to take that personally and we want to show people. Our view is if we can't model how to share with a difficult person, then we shouldn't be telling you how to do it because if it's always just when it's easy, and you know, who who can't do that? But what about when a person is belligerent or antagonistic? to stay calm and just to share the love of God with them, share the truth, and let God do what He's going to do.
2: Well, Craig, thank you for the ministry that you have and for sharing that with us. Your program is right here on uh, KKLA in Los Angeles from 10 to 12 midnight on uh, Sunday nights, and you can go to the kkla.com website, look for Living by the Word to find it, and your website is uh, bibleinfobrokers.com. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Hey, before we go, uh, how can we pray for Brian's family? If you just tuned in, I have with me on the air Professor Craig Hawkins, who is a co-host for uh, Living by the Word, which airs here in Los Angeles on Sunday nights, and one of the co-hosts who's been here for 25 years, Brian Allen, passed away suddenly. So we're remembering him as a station and of friends uh, of the station. How can we pray for Brian's family um, and uh, for you guys who knew him?
1: Yes, um, if, if you can pray for it, that if he gets back home first. Uh, his body—he was actually visiting uh, one of his sons and daughters in Texas. Mm and so they have to get him back home. um, And pray for his wife, Ari, A-R-I. You know, she loves the Lord. She's a godly woman, a great Christian. But but again, having lost a a young son, myself, about three years ago, Mm. even as believers, there's still the shock and there's still the sense of loss. So we want to pray for her that God sees her through this, And, and financially as well. We've started a fund for the family because there are funeral expenses, and uh, also, frankly, without Brian's income now. So uh, just to be blunt, uh, they, they really need some help. And the God will bo- buoy them up, not just financially, but emotionally and spiritually, as they deal with, again, the loss. It reminds me quickly of C.S. Lewis. He talks about, like, losing your legs. He says, here's a point where you realize, I'm going to live. But you also realize i'm going to be missing my legs the rest of my life yeah so brian's with the lord we're glad for him but the reality is Ari and the kids who are grown the youngest would just graduated college a year or two ago but they're still going to miss their dad and so yeah. we just want to pray for god's grace and emotional health
2: All right. Well, can I...
1: Scott, one more time. Thank you. Can I just say thank you? Thank you to KKLA for your kindness and letting us be on the air and do this interview. We really appreciate you and the station.
2: Well, thank you for all you have done and continue to do for so long. And the the Lord's blessing it, and the Lord has blessed so many people through uh, Brian. What I like to think about is that he's meeting people that he never met, but that he impacted (laughs) their life. Um, I'm hoping that's a part of what we experience when we go to be with the Lord, is that, oh, by the way, these things you did on your show, these are the people who are here because of uh, how the Lord used the program. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so let me pray for you uh, real quick. Uh, God, I thank you for uh, uh, Professor Craig and uh, the ministry of the program Living by the Word and the, the Bible Information Brokers. Uh And right now we we give thanks for Brian and his life. We celebrate the life that you gave him, 25 years in this ministry. It's impossible to know how many lives uh, he was able to reach with the gospel and to help lead people uh, to you, Lord. And we thank you for him. We're grateful that he is with you, that we will see him again, and that that is true because Jesus rose again from the grave, giving us hope because Brian believed that Jesus is the Savior, and uh, we thank you for that. I pray for their ministry, and I pray for Brian's family, for his wife, Ari, for his kids, as they grieve. I pray for all the logistics that are just a part of uh, the end of life and the memorial service and all of those different, different things. I pray that those things work out, that the funding would come in. We thank you, Lord, for his life, for his ministry, the way he affected so many people around him, the legacy that he has left. In Jesus' name, amen. Greg, thank you for joining us today on Southern California Live. Oh, thank you for the privilege. All right. You are listening to Southern California Live, and uh, we thank you for taking time to just be with us as a a radio family, which is what we are. We're a a family. I like to say that whenever God looks down on Southern California, he doesn't see 3,000 churches. He sees one church that meets in maybe 3,000 different addresses. But we're one church. We're together. And whether you knew Brian or not, um, he's gonna. He's a brother in Christ, and we are grateful for that. And you know, something about our, our faith that is um, that matters so much is that when we say we'll see him again, we're not just saying that to comfort people. We say that because if Jesus came up out of the grave, and we believe that he did, then you will see him again, or you will meet him for the first time. And that is an awesome part of our faith. When we get back, we're going to talk about Faith clubs in the public schools will be an encouraging conversation with Dr. Nate Landis about that. So stay with us. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues.